Welcome to the Sisterhood of Healing podcast, the podcast that wants to help you reach your best and most divine potential. Each week, we dive into topics concerning inner healing, wellness, and spirituality. We discuss strategies and practice from our own personal experiences regarding higher energies, trauma, and connecting to the divine as we take you through our own personal journeys to discover the highest versions of ourselves. In combination with guest speakers, we bring you a comprehensive guide to mental and spiritual wellness and the ability to connect to yourself and the world around you on a deeper level. I'm Nicole. And I'm Christina. And we are two sisters who want to take you along on our spiritual and healing journey. We are each on our own individual healing and spiritual path and bring unique perspectives regarding yoga, chakra healing, meditation, intuition, and trauma healing. Sometimes life is messy, sometimes it's confusing, and sometimes everything falls perfectly into place. Join us as we navigate the path to divine enlightenment together. Welcome sisters, brothers, and all non-binary listeners to episode two of Sisterhood of Healing podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to look at an alternative method of healing called Reiki. And Reiki is a type of energy healing, and our guest is going to go a little more into it. But this might be beneficial to you if you're looking to connect with yourself spiritually, if you're looking to heal um, inner traumas or difficulties, it's great physically for the body. So join us and have a listen as we learn about Reiki. All right. So welcome, Liz, to the show. How are you, Liz? I'm so great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're very happy that you're here. So just to let everyone know, Liz was my self-love coach when I was going through the coaching program. So it's a little surreal. I feel like I have a famous person on the show right now. That's so funny. No, it's it's so it's so nice to have you on. So thank you for taking the time out of your day. Um, I know you're very busy, very busy doing Reiki, and so thank you for taking the time out to talk to us today. Oh, of course, Christina. I'm so happy to be here, and it's an honor to have been so present for your whole journey and to continue watching you, like you know alchemize all of that stuff we talked about through your coaching certification and then run with it and like create beautiful things from it so I'm so proud of you (laughs) so let's let our listeners get to know you a little bit um so tell us a little bit about yourself what do you do Yeah. So as people can probably gather, if I trained you in self-love coaching, I am a self-love coach as well. Um, We actually went through the same program. So uh, in case your listeners don't know, that was with Melanie Monaco through the self-love lifestyle. Um, I was actually one of her clients back in Oh, gosh, 2019, I think I was working with her on a personal level, she was my self love coach. And uh, I received a lot of transformation from her It really changed my life and the way I looked at myself and helped me step into more of my purpose and my gifts. And so long story short, when she launched this certification program, I felt so, so called to following through with that, because I knew the transformation that it had given me. And so 
I became a certified self-love coach, as did you. And then I also went on to become interested in energy healing and Reiki through working with her was connected with a wonderful Reiki master teacher um, who I really vibed with and so got certified in Reiki as well. So I'm a Holy Fire Reiki master as well. And now I do both of those things in tandem and I see clients as well as continuing to work for the self-love lifestyle, which is how I met you and mentoring future self-love coaches, certifying new Holy Fire Reiki practitioners. Um, and yeah, just being a business mentor for those who are stepping into their coaching businesses or, or any healing business, really. So that's, that's what I do. Such a busy lady. I was just saying, you sound like you're really busy. Yeah. I'm also growing a human currently too. So, so yeah, you guys both have something in common. Oh, no way, Nicole. You're also growing a human right now. Congrats to you. Pretty cool. Yeah, congrats to you as well. I am just about 37 weeks, so we are very close. Yeah, oh. I, yeah, I'm behind you. I'm almost 21 weeks now. Oh, congratulations. How has your pregnancy been? Not too bad, actually. Um, I'm having issues with blood pressure now, but other than that, it's been mm. good. No complaints there. Well, ha- have Christina do some Reiki on you. That'll definitely help. <laughs> That's what I said to her. I'm like, can I be your first client, yeah. please? Because I've done Reiki a few times um with uh, a few different Reiki masters but I'll put Christina's skills to the test I mean I have to do some Reiki with her <laughs> yeah you know what's so funny is um whenever I'm teaching Reiki I always like to highlight that there is a connection between energy healing and the medical community you know there have been studies that have been done that show the benefits of energy healing and one of my favorite statistics is um in pregnancy, it helps to relieve anxiety and stress by 94%. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Well, you can just move in with me then. Yeah, I'll just every morning, <laughs> just a little Reiki session. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, so we should probably back up a bit. Can you just quickly explain to our listeners what Reiki is for those who have never heard of it before? Yes, absolutely. So Reiki is a Japanese form of energy healing and stress reduction. Um, So to kind of break down exactly what that means, I always like to start with the definition of life force energy, because that's pretty inherent to a Reiki practice. So we all have our own inherent life force energy, the same way that blood pumps through our veins to keep our body functioning. We also have a very similar system of like um, rivers of energy that flow through us that help to animate our being and help us uh, function optimally, like physically in terms of the, you know, the organs and the tissues in our body and whatnot. So these energetic pathways that move through the body, they're subject to becoming clogged um, through energetic blockages or imbalances. And that can result in any sort of physical dis-ease within the body, um, whether that's, uh, you know, maybe just like minor pain or discomfort to actual chronic disease in the body. Um, And those blockages and imbalances can happen 
for a number of reasons and there's no shame or guilt around them you know to an extent we're here in the human experience to experience those blockages and imbalances because it's usually through those types of things where we learn our life's lessons it's like how we learn what we came here to learn but uh our life force energy is influenced by our thoughts and emotions as well as by the environment, by the company that we keep, the energy that we surround ourselves in, um, what we put in our bodies, so many, so many different things. So basically what we do in a Reiki session is uh, the practitioner will call on universal life force energy and will channel that into the body of a client. When we do this, it helps to break up those energetic blockages that are in your body, in the client's body, and dissipate them. So it allows your own life force energy to flow freely once more. And so when that happens, not only do we regain whatever it was we needed physically, whether it was revitalization and more energy, or if it was relaxation and de-stressing. Um, so addressing the physical body as needed, but then also it has mental and emotional benefits as well. So for example, if someone is moving through a big emotion that perhaps they're used to suppressing or not sitting with and pretending that it's not there. It can help bring that emotion to the surface so that person can process it mindfully and release it so they're not creating further blockages in their energy system. And then similarly, um, with things of a mental capacity, you know, as I mentioned earlier, can help relieve anxiety and things like that. But it goes even deeper than that. It actually works with the synapses in our brain, the connections in our brain. It can help us release any limiting beliefs or old narratives, any conditioning that we're ready to let go of so that we can welcome in whatever sort of mindset transformation work we might be working towards, whether that's more self-love or whether that's in relationship or whether that's with abundance or, you know, anything within life. And then there's an inherent spiritual component as well. It does connect us with our most authentic self and our most authentic spirituality, whatever that means for you. So Reiki's not tied to any specific religion or spiritual practice it is really a supplement to whatever your spiritual beliefs are to help you connect with them in a more authentic way so yeah that's kind of the, the brief a briefest <laughs> overview of reiki that i think i can give <laughs> wow. yeah i know during our training we got a pretty good history of it um, and went deeper into that so i think that's a pretty what you just gave is a very succinct summary of it but you still gave us a lot and I think it'll help really help the listeners to understand what it is um especially when you uh when you said it like it just adds to like if you already have particular faith base um mm -hmm. like religious faith base it just adds to it because I think that's like an apprehension with people who mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. a strong faith base or uh, believe in certain right. things um yeah, that's always, it, 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 people seem to like come up against that and say like, well, no, that's against my religion, but it's, it's really not, it's not a religious practice. It's like you said, like it's energetic. Yeah. It's like this holistic approach to mm -hmm. healing the person. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I've been pretty blessed in my practice where I personally haven't run into too much of that, but I know a lot of my students, especially those who live in um, places who maybe are 
more connected to a specific religious practice, that that can be a really big factor for people is thinking that, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what people think if they think it's like, uh, energy healers think that they are God and like, how dare you think that you have the ability to do this thing or something like that. Um, but it's interesting too, because there's also that flip side of it of many people who are more into, I don't know, quote unquote, new age spirituality or people who maybe are more flexible in their beliefs and they don't really know what they believe. And that's fine as well. Um, but there's also apprehension there as well. So as you know, Christina, because this is what you're certified in, but I practice holy fire Reiki. And anytime someone asks me to explain what that is, you know, one of the the terminologies that is used to describe that is Christ consciousness. And instantly everyone goes, oh, wait, is this a Christian thing? And I have to be like, no, 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 that's not what this is. Basically what Christ consciousness is referring to is the vibration of divine, unconditional love. And that is why I'm connected with Holy Fire, because that really resonates with me, especially as a self-love coach, um, that any healing that we're doing in a session is coming through this vibration of divine, unconditional love, which is extremely powerful, extremely compassionate towards the client, and it helps the client view their healing journey through that lens as well. But it is interesting to see how people sort of put up walls around these concepts and and think that it goes against what they believe um so if anyone is listening to this and maybe you fall in that category no judgment at all just welcoming you to opening up to letting that unconditional love vibration in and let it open the door even deeper into whatever your beliefs already are because that's what it's designed to do Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've uh, so I'm a yoga teacher, and I've had people say that to me, like, "Oh, well, I can't practice yoga because I'm Catholic." Well, like, oh, yeah, I, I don't, I can't speak for other teachers, but I know, like, for myself and for teachers that I've practiced with, like, no one's bringing religion into the practice, and you make yeah. it what you want it to be. If you want it to just be like a physical asana practice that's cool. If you want to make it a spiritual practice, that's fine. Like you can bring your own beliefs into it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because I was actually raised Catholic, like very Catholic. Like I went to Catholic school my entire life and we were the type of Catholic that went to church every weekend, not just on holidays. And it's interesting because I think people always assume that because I'm a Reiki master and because of the type of work that I do that, um, I really shun and reject all religious institutions. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty about the Catholic church in general and also any institutionalized religion that I do have a problem with. Um, But my faith is always something I've been very connected to and has been a strong source of support for me. And it's interesting because when I started practicing Reiki, the amount of overlap that I saw between the philosophies of that practice and the way that we talk about energy spirituality the spirit mm-hmm. um father son and spirit is even something that's addressed in yeah. reiki and the overlap is so wild to me we're really just all using different language to talk about the same thing in mm-hmm. my opinion so it has nothing to do with who's right and who's wrong it's just what type of language hits your heart and allows you to connect with 
God, the universe, source, whatever language it is that you use, um, whatever helps you get there. So that's why I love Reiki as well, because I'm really passionate about spirituality in general and the way that, you know, all religions, all spiritual paths are trying to like get at something right and i really truly believe that everybody has a part of it correct and reiki helps to bridge that gap between all of those different faiths or non-faiths mm-hmm. so true yeah i we grew up catholic as well same thing like going to catholic mm-hmm. school going to church on like every sunday um and i never kind of could understand the concept of like how jesus could heal with his hands like it just seemed like a bunch of that, bogus yeah. to me but then once <laughs> i traveled down my my spiritual journey and discovered Reiki and and started to learn about it it all kind of made sense and I thought oh maybe I'm wrong in thinking this but Jesus is a Reiki healer yeah why can't he heal with his hands so it doesn't seem so far off like in in like the stories of our religion when we're like Jesus healed the blind Jesus did this Jesus did that we're like maybe he was an energy healer yeah (laughs) maybe it's not so far off Absolutely. (laughs) Jesus was absolutely an energy healer. If you ask me, I mean, he, he just had capabilities of being able to tap into that type of power and energy that exceeds what most of us um, are able to discover in this lifetime. You know, he raised someone from the dead. That's like the extent of how powerful his energy (laughs) was, right? Which um, that I think that's where people sometimes uh, super religious people where they can have a problem with it is thinking that, you know, that's separate from me and I don't have the ability to tap into those gifts. And it's not even just about Reiki. I see that a lot with any intuitive practices. People get very skeptical about those things because they're like, well, Jesus could do that, but I'm not worthy of that. That was for Jesus. That's not for me. Like, I'm just a normal human. How would I be able to do something like that? And I think that's really where my at least me personally and a lot of people that I've talked to like where where it starts to bridge the gap between the quote-unquote old beliefs and the new beliefs is like I believe in a lot of what I was taught and um, a lot of what's in like the New Testament and what Jesus did and also I think that we have the capabilities of doing those same things I believe there's a quote somewhere in the New Testament where Jesus flat out says something like all this I have done you can do and more Mm -hmm. and nobody likes to really like talk about that (laughs) because I don't know if people are scared to claim that power or if the institutions that you know govern those faiths are scared of people finding that self-sovereign power Um, but that is what Reiki practice is to me is embodying all of that and like saying like yes I welcome this into my own physical mental emotional spiritual being and the way that that can transform your life is like so magical yeah yeah I so we have I guess we would call him a friend now Gaz who's uh he's like the healer that we've always gone to and um we're like pretty spiritual people and like have always believed in energy and whatnot and um definitely like the first time I went to him I'm like this this individual has a gift like he has a gift not everyone has this gift like not everyone is able to tap into this and I do think that you know some people are inherently just born more Mm -hmm. more in tune more connected but um 
going along with what you're saying, we're like, we all like kind of have this ability. I really felt it when we were going through the training and when we practice on ourselves and then after, after the training was done and we left, I was like, oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I actually felt it. Like I felt it mm-hmm. happening, not just happening to me, but like felt it happening, working through me. And it was mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole new experience too. I, that, I, that's why I love training so much. It's probably the favorite, my favorite thing that I do in my business is teaching others Reiki, because I think it goes so far beyond like, oh, I'm going to launch my business and be a Reiki healer. And like, you know, all of that is wonderful. Um, and to be of service to clients in that way is wonderful, but the personal transformation that happens when you call on Reiki and there's an actual response in the body, body, mind, and soul, Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, this is actually happening. I can actually feel this. And then you start, um, seeing the reflections of that in life as well as you're, you know, moving through difficulty, for example, the way that Reiki can be a form of prayer, a form of spiritual support um, and physical, like somatic support, you know, for, I know for me, like if I am like having a panic attack one day or something, you know, even just calling in Reiki in that sense, which has happened many times in this pregnancy, um, (laughs) to be able to have Reiki present with me and get the physical grounding and support as well. And the longer that you practice too, like I can think back to when I was just first certified and the way that my life has transformed on a personal level since that moment is wild. It's absolutely wild. I had such huge blockages to being a mother and for example, and the fact that I'm even sitting here excited that I'm having a child is one example of the way that Reiki has been able to inform my healing journey and open me up to a type of unconditional love that before I wasn't willing to accept, you know? Wow. That's very transformative. So I think you touched on it a little bit, um, but what made you first interested in Reiki? Because it's not like it's something that's mainstream. So like what got you interested in Reiki and what led you to become a master? Yeah. So when I was working with Melanie um, back in 2019, when she was my coach, we touched a little bit on energy healing. She wasn't necessarily teaching like Reiki specific energy healing, more so just general energy healing that anyone could do on themselves. And I guess it was at that time when I realized that energy was always something I connected to. I just never had the language to explain that. Like I never really understood what I was connecting to, but once I got a sense for it, like I've always been um, a very empathic person um, and, and more too. And so when I understood that that was what I was connecting to, um, I also around that time was connecting with um, who became my Reiki master teacher, Ashley Seymour. Um, Her business is Spirit Ocean Healing for anyone who wants to check her out. She's wonderful. Um, But so I sort of became aware of her and what she was teaching. And again, it was like the philosophies of Reiki and Holy Fire specifically in the way that they aligned with 
what I already believed and sort of just grew upon it and felt like it touched on these gifts that I felt that I had been given, but never had this language for. And actually, you know, what really solidified it was I was, you know, um, like going to church every week. And when I would sit in church and pray, like my hands would vibrate. And that was like new for me. That wasn't like something that happened my whole life, but it was happening consistently when I felt that I was really dropping into a space of spiritual connection. I would feel my hands vibrating. And I just sort of like sat in contemplation with that. And I was like, what is this? What is going on? And I just really felt a calling to see what all that was about. And that's when the opportunity to study Reiki came into my life. And since it's hands-on healing, I was like, is this been feeling like, is this that I should look into? So I did. And I got certified and the rest is history. And the reason I got my master um, training, you know, originally it was because I wanted to teach. So if you want to teach uh, Reiki to others, you do need to be certified at the master level to do that. But um, my master training ended up being so much more than just about teaching kind of what I was speaking to earlier of all like everything I mentioned about like motherhood and all that all of those wounds started to heal with my master training I remember the exact experience that we went through and I had this crazy like visualization of like working through my own wounds with my mother and coming into a sense of what is my now, you know, immediate family, like, you know, me and my partner and now our child. And so, um, I, and I remember we came out of the experience and she was like, does anyone want to share anything? And I just sobbed and I had no idea that any of that was going to happen. And so, um, I got my master training so that I could further, uh, be of service to people and teach, but it ended up also transforming my life in so many ways that I didn't expect as well. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I can understand that. I did my first Reiki session in the middle of me doing yoga teacher training because I was mm. having like breakdowns once a week and <laughs> my yoga teacher was like, Hey, it's time for you to go to Reiki. And, um, and it was, it was like, I can't even put into words what the experience was like experiencing it the first time. But um, in, in that session, it came up that I needed to work on my throat chakra and I could like, mm. feel the weight on it. But I remember just leaving that session and just like crying because mm -hmm. I just felt like I was releasing all of my emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to say mine was kind of the same. Like my first experience, I went in for healing for something I thought I needed to release that I was like working through on my own, through my own meditations. Um, and when I got home that night, or maybe it was the next day, I can't remember, I sat down to meditate and something just like clicked. And it was, I was like holding on to something from like years and years mm. and years ago. And yeah, same thing, floodgates. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it just like unlocks. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It just, it, it clicks and then opens up. Yeah, like it literally like unlocks that energy you're holding on yeah. to. Yeah. 
Yeah. And stuff yeah. I wasn't even aware of. It's like you physically feel it in you, not in a bad way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's right. like, wait, yeah. I don't even know how yeah. to describe it. Yeah. Oh, that's really mm-hmm. yeah I mean that's what Reiki does is that we all carry around so much subconsciously you know from our childhoods from our conditioning from society from our education all of it and um, when you're in a Reiki session what's happening is Reiki is recognizing like what wants to be released, what's ready to be released. But the reality of what the releasing process is, is that things have to come to the surface in order to be released. And that's where that catharsis can come from is these realizations of, I didn't even know that I was carrying this. Of course you did. And it was so deep in your subconscious mind and your body um, that allowing it to come up and out is, the most freeing thing and the beautiful thing about Reiki too that I always tell people because um you know I think there's sometimes an expectation or like our human brains need that ability to analyze and sometimes it is useful to be able to like know what the blockage is and kind of work through it and and see yourself in the future continuing to work through it with certain practices or techniques or things but Also, we don't need to write a psychology paper about every Reiki session. We can actually very simply just accept, I don't know what that was. I'm not clear on what it was. And also I release it. And the effects of that in your chakras and your whole energy body will still happen. And maybe later you receive some clarity or maybe you don't because maybe Reiki's like, you don't actually need to know what just happened. And that can be very freeing for people who maybe aren't in the space where they want to dive deep into that type of self-development, emotional, mental work, or especially those who are processing like past traumatic events we don't have to go there psychologically we can simply just let it be solely energetic and come out of your session and say great healing has taken place drink your water be easy with your body um you know be like you know meditate or whatever like to help you kind of integrate the experience but we can move forward from it and we don't have to keep revisiting it over and over again so um it's really malleable in that way where we can use it as a tool for self-development but we can also use it as a tool of just relaxation and release too so those I I hope we gave listeners like a, a pretty good indication of what to expect like, after a Reiki <laughs> session and yeah and it, there's everyone's experience is different because it depends what you're working through mm-hmm. yeah yeah I always say that to people in trainings as well because um as a client, but also as the practitioner, I think we sometimes, uh, especially new practitioners, they feel this pressure to give this certain type of experience. And if your client comes out not having that experience, then it's like, oh, uh, I did something wrong or like I didn't channel the energy properly or something. That's not actually it. Um, A lot of people, like I know for me personally, I usually experience Reiki almost like a lucid dreaming experience like I have um 
visualizations, but there's usually kind of like a story behind them that my mind is working through. Some people just have random visualizations and they mean nothing um, or they mean something, but they're they're disjointed. You know, maybe they're just seeing colors or images of something here and there flashing before them. Some people have a really mental experience. Maybe new ideas are coming in or maybe they're becoming aware of old patterns of thinking that they are ready to release, right? Some people have very somatic experiences where maybe nothing is really going on in the mind um, or visually, but in their body, they're feeling temperature changes, they're feeling weight changes, they're feeling something come in or something go out. Some people, actually a lot of people flat out fall asleep. Some people go completely, <laughs> they go completely to a subconscious yeah. space. And that's also okay, because sometimes my clients wake up and I can get that sense of like, oh, well, I fell asleep or I didn't really have like a super big experience because everyone wants to have that like vision quest when they wake up from their <laughs> Reiki session, right? And that's really cool. But especially if you receive Reiki regularly, um, you're probably going to have a variety of different experiences. It's just about whatever you're moving through, whatever the body, mind and soul need on that particular day. Hmm. Yeah, the last healing that I had, I always fall asleep. I tend to fall asleep if if I'm meditating, like I just get to such a relaxed state, but, um, the last one, I felt myself just slipping into sleep and my healer, my practitioner, like just whispered, he's like, Christina breathe. And so I went, <gasps> I inhaled and he was telling me that. So I thought that I was falling into sleep he said at the time, he's like, you stopped breathing and your body went still. He's like, and I wasn't sure it was happening. And so I asked you to breathe. And when you did, he's like, everything released your body relaxed. He's like, your face, he's like, even your face looked differently. He's like, so whatever, um, it, like it was, it, he's like, it completely released at that point. And then my work was like different. Which like, wow. I'm like, really? I stopped breathing. Like, I just thought I was falling asleep. <laughs> but yeah, everyone has <laughs> such different experiences. And I, I recall in our training, um, one individual, she kept feeling like the her arm, like the one arm was like tingling. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, she kept feeling yeah. like, one side of her body, like everything was through her one the one side of her body, which was really interesting. Like as the practitioner she was feeling that so yeah I thought wow. that was so neat yeah yeah that's actually something um not too uncommon where someone maybe is leaning towards one side of the body or another especially in a training specifically um because you know our left and right sides are correlating with either our masculine or our feminine energy and so if someone is more in that space or perhaps that space is opening as they're um, being placed with the ability to channel Reiki. It's not uncommon. I've seen it a couple of times where, you know, they'll have more experiences in like one side of their huh. body or in the third eye. A lot of people experience like third eye openings or heart openings. Um, it's, so it's really cool to see how people relate to the energy differently. In my master training, actually, one of the um, women that I trained with, who's actually also a self-love coach. She, um, she was having these wild auditory experiences. Like she was actually 
physically hearing messages um, rather than sort of receiving them claircognizantly. She was actually hearing them and she was saying that it was like she could hear the people talking in the apartment, you know, like three floors above her and things like that. And um, which is, you know, not a very common experience or like a primary way of receiving intuition, but it's wild the way that Reiki opens our intuitive abilities as well, which is really what all of that is, whether it's hearing things, seeing things, feeling things in the body, it's all intuitive. Mm -hmm. So is Reiki harmful or negative in any way? I, I hope Christina didn't scare oh, yeah. off by saying he's not <laughs> I was, mine was like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I didn't scare anyone. No, no, mine was like a, there was like a very specific, uh, um, uh reason very specific yeah there's a very specific reason that I I asked for healing and it was not a very light reason it was a very uh heavy reason <laughs> so right that's yeah <laughs> yeah no but that's a really great question and the answer is no Reiki is never harmful in any way it's always working within the highest good of the client and of humanity in general as well and it's also adjusting itself to know what that individual is ready to release and can handle at that time it's not you know reiki is not gonna kind of like move into your body and make you have some sort of really wild experience where you feel like you are reliving these emotions that you're not ready to experience or I mean, the stopping breathing thing, that's wild to me, Christina. I've never heard that in my life that anyone stopped breathing. <laughs> so everyone listening, that's not a common experience. No, sorry, I didn't scare all. anyone. <laughs> I'll tell you about it later, Liz. It was like <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, so Reiki is never going to cause harm and it, there's never anything, um, there's never such a thing as receiving too much Reiki either because basically the wisdom of the energy is always adjusting itself to whatever the client can handle in that moment. So like, what are some reasons why uh, an individual would want to seek out Reiki healing? Yeah, I mean, there's so many that could potentially be a thing. I mean, I think we can really break it down to like physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I know, um, for example, I actually just hosted an in-person like group Reiki event and um a woman ended up coming with like a leg brace on her leg and she was like I'm here for some healing and I was <laughs> like oh my goodness that's so sweet so you know a lot of people seek it for physical relief um even if it's not that severe even if it's just like you know kind of like getting a massage um for similar reasons like that or if they just need more relaxation or more energization within the body whatever it is um but more often what I see actually is people seeking it out for either mental or emotional experiences. So if people um, are having a really difficult time moving through a life situation, they feel that they need some sort of guidance um, or they feel that they need to release something, you know, something I see quite often is people who are processing old childhood wounds or um, people who are moving through a loss, you know, if they're grieving a loss of a loved one and they feel that they need support within that um, or just in general, sort of like, you know, wanting to make a change in their life, but feeling those blockages 
coming up and wanting to welcome in more self-love or more abundance or whatever their intention is and then I do also see spiritually a lot of people coming and kind of just being like I just need greater spiritual connection I'm feeling very disconnected from whatever that is for me um so I mean those are some examples but there's probably so many that fall even in between those types of categories it's really like there's nothing that Reiki wouldn't be good with helping you move through right so it can be really really specific or it can be really really broad um so are there any like apprehensions that clients experience prior to a healing session um well we kind of touched on some of like the things that have to do with spirituality earlier so that definitely can factor in sometimes but um you know I think if there's anything, sometimes it usually is in that emotional realm where people are scared to feel certain emotions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny because so much of this happens at a subconscious level, but also like to some extent we are aware of it. Like we all know what we're not feeling. We all know what we're avoiding or what we're pushing down nine times out of 10. Mm-hmm. And people know if there's grief and they don't want to feel it or if there's anger and they don't want to feel it or if there's love and they're scared of feeling it Mm. right like we all know when that's happening and even if we don't have the language for it that can come up in doubts and hesitations with an experience like this because there's there's this greater wisdom this greater understanding of knowing like I'm I'm gonna probably feel some of that in this session right now and so sometimes and but this isn't very often though because it's also like a contract that you're entering into with your client where your client's coming to you and saying like but I want this experience I'm here for it I'm ready for it you know I'm not going around forcing Reiki on people they're coming to me (laughs) so if they're coming to me it's probably because they're ready to work with whatever that thing is but there can be a little bit of like oh my gosh, what's this experience going to be like? But again, especially with the holy fire frequency, whatever it is that you're maybe a little apprehensive about facing, it's all done through love and compassion and with a gentle hand from from spirit. So uh, it's so supportive. And I've never had anyone come out of a session and still kind of be feeling that way or like regret receiving their session because it has unfolded in whatever way they're ready for Hmm. so if someone wanted to do what you do if someone wanted to be a reiki healer um not just receive it but actually uh give it out to others what would they have to do like what's the process of this because i mean when i was first learning about it and like i said i thought that you know you had to be born with this gift but it's Mm. not necessarily true no, not at all. So I, I mean, like you touched on earlier, I think people are born with certain intuitive gifts sometimes, and that can make opening up to an energy healing practice, um, maybe feel a little more organic for some people, or maybe they can dive more deeply, more quickly. But the beautiful thing about Reiki is that anyone can learn it. You don't need some special set of skills or some natural abilities. Anyone can study Reiki. And so if anyone wanted to be a Reiki practitioner, you would basically just 
find a Reiki training that's hosted, you know, through a practitioner that hopefully you trust and you connect with and vibe with and want to learn from. There's so many different lineages of Reiki as well. So I mentioned, you know, I teach Holy Fire Reiki. Yusui Light Reiki is the most common form of Reiki practice. That's sort of like the the base foundational version, I guess, of Reiki. But there's also things like um, angelic Reiki, shamanic Reiki, there's animal Reiki, like there's so many different types of Reiki practice. So it's also about finding what resonates with you. Um, and then every practitioner, you know, will run their trainings probably slightly differently in terms of exactly how long you're there and um, all of those types of things. Uh, so it's really just about finding someone that you vibe with and and following the calling. So if you were to leave our listeners with one piece of advice uh, in regards to Reiki healing, perhaps they're thinking about it, mm-hmm. um, they haven't ventured into it yet, um, or, you know, they want to learn a little bit more about it. What's one piece of advice that you would give them about Reiki? If you haven't already receive a session, um, again, find a practitioner that you vibe with that really resonates with you, um, that you feel a connection to receive a session from them, even if it's a virtual session. I say this all the time as well. You know, um, I think sometimes people get this preconceived notion that like you have to do it in person and that the in-person sessions are better and in-person sessions are great, but, um, as long as you're working with someone who has their level two, so they can work at a distance, then uh, it is the same quality session. So even if it's someone that you vibe with and, you know, maybe you've only connected with them over the internet or something like that, receive a session and uh, go into that session open, Um, see what you experience and how it feels in your body. And then even beyond that as well, other energetic practices, you know, start connecting with the chakra system or with your energy body in general. These are our intuitive centers. These are the centers that highlight some of the major themes and lessons that we move through in this lifetime. Get to know what it feels like in the physical body to connect with those centers. Um, intuitively what those centers want to tell you want to teach you if you sit in meditation with them and be open to receiving the messages that come through no matter how those messages are coming through I think that's what I would offer as a start Mm, to just be open yeah yeah (laughs) so if our listeners want to connect with you where can they find you Yeah, I would love to connect. So I'm most active on Instagram. So my handle is wildwomanrising1111. Um, That's also my email if you would prefer to just contact me directly, wildwomanrising1111. You can find me there as well. But I show up on Instagram a lot and, you know, have sort of cultivated an online community there. So that's where I like to share a lot of my practices and some teachings and where I, you know, will share my offerings and when I'm teaching more Reiki trainings and things like that as well. So yeah, come on over to the community. Awesome. Thank you. And we'll link all of that in our show notes as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
Um, I do encourage our listeners to seek you out. Liz is just a wonderful human. So <laughs> just Aww. go and meet her just so that you have that ray of sunshine in your life. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Christina. And thank you both for having me. This was such a wonderful conversation. It really was. Thank you thank so much, you. Liz. That's it for our show today. Thanks for joining. Remember, you can always reach out to us on our socials, on Instagram at sisterhood underscore of underscore healing, or on TikTok at sisterhood of healing. We love to hear from you, so please reach out to us at any time. Thank you for journeying with us today. We'll see you next time.